0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and welcome to the Fantasy Playoffs and, as always, Waiver Wire Tuesday. As always, I'm joined by none other than PFF's own Dwayne, The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, happy week 15. Yeah, man. Well, it's
1: still week 14, technically, Ian, for me today. Yeah, I know this is going to show up on, on our feed tomorrow, but like I need to win tonight. It's still week 14 for me. I've got to win. I need So tell me if I'm getting this, Ian. I need 24 points on one team from Cooper Cup. That's worth 1500 bucks. Am I getting Oof. 24? It's PPR. I mean, I'm going with yes. Going with yes. I like your answer. And the other one, I'm down by 11. This is tight end premium. They have Ertz plus Prater, the kicker, but I have Michelle
0: and James Conner with... No Chase Edmonds. I'm going with yes, mostly because I just want to keep your vibes positive for this podcast. <laughs> so, we will see what happens They'll remain positive no matter what. But, but
1: <laughs> there yes. we go. Okay. I, I like your
0: attitude, though. Cool. A, a true professional at work, as always, Mr. McFarland. As always, on this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, going through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end waivers. Not necessarily every person we're talking about is someone we're recommending. We will give you guys a clear-cut order after every single position group. More so, just want to try to touch on all the other guys that I'm aware are being talked about around the industry help lead you guys down the right direction so first things first at quarterback the big injury that is potentially screwing people is Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh has confirmed that he does have a sprained ankle but you know yesterday this was looking like a potential season ending thing like we just didn't know you get carted off the field wearing a walking boot it's not good Harbaugh did say the plan is for quote-unquote Lamar to be out there and it is not a high ankle sprain also Josh Allen with his toe that is also not considered super serious tentatively expected to play as well so with that in mind you know we'll expect Lamar to be out there we'll expect Josh Allen to be out there Trubisky and Tyler Huntley would be pretty damn weak plays otherwise I don't think we even need to go down that far in most traditional one QB leagues so with that out of the way Dwayne I think the top four pretty clear-cut top four streaming QBs this week are Justin Fields at home against the Vikings Taysom Hill against the Bucks, Jimmy G against the Falcons and then Tua. Against the Jets. I have them ranked in that order. I mean, it's funny with Fields, man. Like, he really has come into his own and been the guy that we thought he was going to be throughout the whole season over these past four weeks. Top nine fantasy QB in three of his last four stars, finally showing us that rushing floor in this Minnesota secondary, man. We've seen time and time again that they can be had by even the worst passing offenses, which certainly the Bears qualify for. With Taysom Hill, we were talking about this last night. They're now facing a defense that we know can stop the run better than most and everything. But at the same time, Dwayne, we literally just saw Josh Allen run for 100 yards against them last week. Clearly, Josh Allen presents a, you know, light years ahead of Taysom Hill when it comes to a passing threat. So I'm not saying it's a one for one difference. At the same time, I think since about the midway point of the season, we have seen this box run defense be a little bit more human. Patterson, Jonathan Taylor, Khalil Herbert, these guys all had fairly good games. And again, it's just... Such a freaking cheat code to have this sort of rushing upside and to see him not too severely limited. I think he's my second option. Jimmy G against the Falcons, second worst defense in the league in fantasy points per game, allowed the position. And credit to Jimmy G, you look at his last uh, six or seven starts QB5, QB7, QB13, QB16, QB22, and then QB12. And most recently, QB11 pre Monday Night Football. So not the highest ceiling in the world, but you know, Dwayne, I'm sure you'll touch on this in a second. We are seeing them deploy a little bit more of a pass first strategy with some of their injuries to the running back room and then finally with Tua it is the Jets which is great we know the Dolphins can't really run the ball on anyone Um, it's just a matter of they really really can't
1: run any run the ball on anyone now like everyone has
0: so like we're (laughs) expecting more passing volume out of Tua which is the way to get there Um, but at the same time he does have zero top 12 finishes in his last five games take it easy on Tua I uh, went back today because we have PFF data back to 2006 and right now the twenty. 2021 Dolphins offensive line has the second worst team pass blocking grade in our entire database. The only other team that was worse was the 2019 Dolphins, so maybe not the best idea for Jay Cutler to have come out of retirement that year. So, you know, I've seen Big Ben a little bit around, and it's like, okay, I know he was pretty good coming back against the Vikings last week, but let's also not pretend like he couldn't do anything for the first 40 minutes against what was a pretty damn bad Vikings defense, and I mentioned Huntley and Trubisky before not being really realistic factors in more uh, one QB format. So, Dwayne Fields, Taysom, Jimmy G, Tua, how would you change that list? Or do you agree? Because it's kind of cool when we agree. <laughs> yeah, I think it's right. Um, you know, Taysom, I, I've
1: already voiced, you know, on the pod that we already did, you know, doing the recaps for the week. I am a little concerned about the Bucks just because they could get out ahead, um, you know, really easily on the Saints. And then I worry, like, what can Taysom do when you force him to throw? He was also not really looking that good till late in this in, late in the game, you know, when he got the second rushing score. But he's he's he is a QB one, right? So you get, wherever you put him, whether you've got him lower in the QB one ranks or if you're more in the middle, doesn't really matter. He has to be a QB one. So if someone wanted to put him over Fields, I would be fine with that. Um, I'm I'm with you. I would go with Fields over Taysom, and I do like Jimmy G in this spot. Um, as you mentioned, you know. We saw for the first time all season whenever the 49ers never, uh, you know, trailed by four more points ever in the game, which has happened five other times in the season for the first time this past weekend, they actually threw the ball more. They dropped back to pass 69% of the time nice. versus uh, the Bengals. And before that, it had always been like 50% whenever they had that kind of game script. So some of that could be to do with Elijah Mitchell being out. We know Jeff Wilson Jr. ended up getting two full practices in last week, but we knew his, in, his knee had flared up the weekend before. Um, you know, Devo Samuel dealing with a growing injury. He's helping at running back. So it could have just been because all their backs, you know, were dinged up. Or it just could have been because, you know, George Kittle's a freaking animal. You know, <laughs> and you need to feed that beast. Um, so when you got Kittle running well, you got Ayuk playing well, I think there's always the chance, you know, that they do decide that there's a, you know, a situation where they want to throw the ball more. I think the other positive, though, is even if they stick to their ground, to their run-heavy game, like the efficiency. With these weapons, the efficiency can come through for Jimmy yeah. G, which is really historically, what we've seen for him it's never really been about the Niners being a pass heavy attack when Jimmy G used to come through back in the day it's really and I say back in the day he's done it this year multiple times mm-hmm. you already named off his QB finishes it's usually through efficiency it comes through in the big plays long plays for touchdowns things like that and it is a great matchup you know whenever you look at the matchup against the Falcons so I, I do like Jimmy G third and then I might if I knew Lamar Jackson wasn't playing, I might slide Huntley in front of Tua just for the rushing side, you know, alone. Yep. Um, but, you know, they're close. Look, for Tua, I'm, I'm not trying to bag on him either. Like the, the Dolphins pass all the time. And like you said, they're not, they're not going to have backs. So he's probably going to throw more again. Tua just really needs all of his weapons healthy. Now, we could, we could. I know we we've been saying we I think we've been saying we could have this for like I don't know five or six weeks in a row. But Will Fuller could be back. We have got. Devonta I think Parker it's back already now.
0: confirmed. I think it's already confirmed that like he's not practicing. I, really? Keep Again,
1: talk, like, keep talking, but let me check. Yeah, it's fine. If so, we've got Parker back. We've got Gasecki. I mean, he at least has three good weapons. But if they had Fuller as a field stretcher too, yeah, that would obviously be a plus because then you just you can get a, a any time kind of touchdown out of yeah. Fuller. Um, So then, yeah, I would move Huntley ahead of Tua in that case if we know for sure Huntley's playing. And then it's fine with Big Ben at the bottom. I hate to do that to you, Big Ben. I had to pick (laughs) up Ben on two
0: teams, and he actually came through, you know, with 28 points for me. So I was very thankful. He's been playing better, but the problem is he's, like, gone from – arguably the worst quarterback in the league to like average to blow average and it's just not working out right now um in fantasy land more weeks than not but yeah hopefully i mean the thing is is he has he's
1: got weapons
0: so that's a positive
1: right when you have firemuth you've got johnson you've got um you know claypool you know that the potential is always there um you just you need the game script to cooperate though and they have just they've been
0: throwing the ball more lately so that's that's been part of it and just to uh confirm yes Brian Flores did say well Fuller is not expected to return to practice to uh this week and yeah man you mentioned the Jimmy G uh, efficiency like with Kittle, since Kittle has come back uh, which, from injury, which happened in week nine, so he's now played six games. Jimmy G throwing to Kittle, nine incompletions, six touchdowns. Those two have been in a special zone during this stretch. So again, to wrap up, our QB streamers of the week, and you know we mentioned this, but this is not like a quarterback ranking. If you know Kirk Cousins or someone like that, like Matthew Stafford is on your waiver wire, yeah, go, go freaking get that guy. These are based on guys that are available in 50% or fewer of leagues. So Justin Fields number one Taysom hill number two jimmy g number three if lamar jackson is out we're gonna go with tyler huntley over tua thanks to that rushing upside then tua and then big Ben, if you really desperate moving on to running back dwayne i think the major ad of the week is rashad penny it's not best case like we still have some questions travis homer was out last week with the calf and hamstring adrian peterson was out last week against the back Uh, with a back injury they were playing the freaking houston texans now they're gonna have to play uh, i believe aaron donald and company so it certainly isn't uh, a cake matchup by any stretch at the same time we know this offense wants to run we saw penny go for 137 yards two touchdowns on a fairly robust 57 percent snap rate alex collins at a minimum was back and relegated to rb2 status i do think penny will be you know someone in that Wait for it. Low-end RB2 conversation. Uh, I just don't know that he's necessarily someone that is this plug-and-play RB1 by any stretch of the imagination. Overall thoughts on Penny, and do you also agree that he is the week's top add out running back? Yeah, he is. I mean, it's, 90, it's 90%
1: plus of your fab. It's just like if you need a back and you're headed into the playoffs, Like you're not going to get any other chances, so just do it. Just go for it. Um, and, and it could turn out being wrong, but the thing with Penny – um, he's, given the, he's given them the explosive plays two weeks in a row now that they just haven't gotten all season from Collins. They were getting it a little bit early on in the season with Chris Carson, um, but we haven't seen that from Collins. We haven't seen that from Adrian Peterson in either one of his stops. So if you look over the last two weeks, 19% of his carries have gone for 10-plus yards. So that's his explosive rate of 19%. 5.1 yards after contact, after contact averaging over the last two weeks. I don't know, small sample size, but those are things we just haven't seen from any Seattle back. So I think that they will stick with him. I do think it'll still continue to be a committee. I think getting 60% of the rushing attempts, though, which is it was nearly where he was at. He was at 59% this last week. I don't anticipate... I don't know for sure that we'll see Peterson and Collins active. I think we might just see one or the other yeah. and then another passing down active and then potentially Travis Homer, if he's available um, because he plays on special teams. So I think, I think there's a good chance that Collins or Peterson is always out. And so as long as we don't see a situation like you're talking about where we've got all those guys like vying, that would be terrible, but I don't think we will. I think he showed them enough this last week and, and really like they continued to feed him, you know, as the game went on. The first drive um, or the first two drives, they gave him heavy usage and they, and they kept it that way. They went back to him late in the game. So I feel good about where Penny's at. And I, I totally believe it's an all in kind of moment if, you've, if you're struggling
0: and you have to have a back. Moving on from Penny, it's looking like Ernest Johnson, Royce Freeman are getting some love as well. Kareem Hunt is considered week to week, unlikely to make it on the short week per Kevin Stefanski because the Browns are playing on Saturday against the Raiders. I would keep in mind with this, you know, we saw De'arnest win us a couple weeks, like when Chubb and Hunt were out of the picture, the Browns were fine, giving him a true every snap role. He was racking up, you know, north of 24 combined carries and uh, targets each and every week. The problem is, Dwayne, we've also seen it when hunt is out chubb and dearness are in and they don't give dearness the same sort of kareem hunt rule he gets out there for you know 30 35 snaps maybe gets five to eight touches but unless you're a really desperate man i don't think dearness gives you any sort of a flex roll i mean okay he does give you a small flex roll but again it's a long shot yeah but i think then he's Royce, low yeah.
1: end i think he's low end rb3 material but you you need things to go your way right <laughs> for yeah. it to work out for you yeah and i agree just, um yeah Yeah, we haven't seen him have the same kind of role that Hunt gets. What we see is Dearness Johnson, when Kareem Hunt's out, and we have Nick Chubb in, which we don't have a ton of these data points because the Browns' backfield has been so jacked up all year. Um, It's kind of been like a, you know, it's been a mix of these guys. But in the games where we have seen that data point play out, um, it's like you're saying. He hasn't taken over really all of the Kareem Hunt role. He has taken over some of the long down and distance and the two-minute offense. But a key ingredient that's missing is he doesn't have that closer role if they get ahead. Um, And he's not also just mixing in like every third series, you know, on rushing attempts, which is really what Kareem Hunt was getting. He was getting all the passing down work, also a change of pace, like every third drive series, getting the drive. And then if they were behind or if they were ahead, like he became the guy. You're, you don't have that wide of a range of outcomes for Dearness Johnson. His is much tighter. I expect Chubb to really handle 60 65% of the snaps, no matter what. And it could be more like
0: 75%. So we made it clear. Penny could be a top 24 guy. So I think he probably will be ranked as that everyone else we're talking about is maybe like Dwayne said, a low end RB three at best probably going to be ranked outside the top 30 running backs, particularly with bye weeks a thing of the past. So Dearness is there and Hey, if something happens to Chubb, you know, you are now only one injury instead of two injuries away from having a potential RB one. So I think you got that going for Dearness more so than the rest of these guys we're about to talk about because it gets gross in a hurry and Houston. I mean, there's, this is COVID is really running rampant right now. Uh, yeah. Schefter tweeted out today 37 total positive COVID tests on Monday. So we're seeing some of these backfields, you know, just really catch all catch it at the same time. That's happened in Miami, Phillip Lindsey, Miles Gaskin, and Salvat Ahmed all on COVID IR. My guy, Duke Johnson, elevated the active roster. But you'd also think that Malcolm Brown coming back off the IR, if he's ready, uh, should be back to his uh, usual, not usual role. Is but Jared Doak still there, Ian? Two, I don't know the rookie. It's a anyway. good question, Dwayne. It's such a freaking mess it, it, because here's
1: here's what I'm going to tell you on that one. I don't want to touch it any no matter what. Like you could tell me no. only one of those guys was active, <laughs> and I still probably wouldn't play it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know it's a great matchup against the Jets. And, you know, we got Houston playing the Jaguars. These are good matchups, but the offenses and just the running games in particular are so bad that I just don't even think it really matters, even if we can't condense them. And, like, the bigger problem, like we saw with another backfield we're about to talk about, like Detroit, the Jets, we've seen these back—and Houston, we've seen these backfields all year. Like, even when we project them for Sunday, losing them back, someone—Austin Walter comes out of nowhere, you know. We got— Craig Reynolds coming out of nowhere. Like, even if you think you have a grip on these backfields for a second, like, the only consistency we've seen with them is the general inconsistency. So, Dwayne from Houston, from the Jets, from Miami, from Detroit. I don't really want anything to do with any of these guys except – A little bit of Michael Carter. He is expected to come back and play in week 15. And he was really the only Jets running back we've seen take over this backfield for any extended stretch of time. With that said, he's not guaranteed to be 100% and we could still see it be Carter, Ty Johnson, maybe Tevin Coleman's back. Like it is such a mess here, Dwayne. I I don't know if there's anyone else to really even go after here. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. This Michael Carter um, next, and then he's not as available. He's not available as often, but even with him, like we could just have this big mix and it's right. a bad team again. <laughs> like, remember, that's what he battled early in the season, and finally he worked his way out of it. And then the fantasy gods do what they do they look down upon us and they laugh and they strike down Michael Carter just right there on the field and they all just <laughs> laugh at us. Um, but the other name I would throw out um, would be Jordan Howard, um, just because we don't know for sure what the situation is with Miles Sanders. I know he said he's okay. Um, but we should get Jordan Howard back this week. We have seen the Eagles be more of a run heavy team. So that's just another name I would throw in there. I would probably pick up Jordan Howard before I would pick up Craig William, uh, Craig Reynolds, uh, probably before I would think about any of the chargers backs, probably before I would think about Royce Freeman. Um, yeah, so he would be, and it's not something like I'm super excited about, but I just know
0: that there's a potential path for him to get a little bit more. Well, and even if Sanders does play, I still think we could probably project Howard for eight to 12 carries, yes. which is better than a lot of these guys uh, could be set for. So, top three running back ads of the week based on these guys being available in more leagues than not Rashad Penny, Dearness Johnson, and Jordan Howard. Keep an eye well, on Carter. Some... Carter would be too, but we just we talked done. about him late. Yeah, yeah, Penny, Carter, Dearness Johnson, then Jordan Howard. Boom. Thanks for having my back, man. But yeah, I got keep you. an eye on this. Remember, you know, we do our injury pod every single Friday afternoon. It's usually live. This, this, week this one's going to be very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> this, this week I'm going to be out of the picture. This could be Dwayne and Andrew holding it down. I'm going to Chicago. But <laughs> I don't
1: uh, even, yeah, it's going to be a crazy Friday show with all this COVID stuff going on.
0: Yeah, go, so good luck with that, man. I uh, so appreciate that, like, it. The <laughs> <in> the, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. But again, just the key situations to monitor with that. Houston, Rex Burkhead is day-to-day with a hip injury. David Johnson and Jalen Samuels are on the COVID list. Uh, with the Chargers. Brandon Staley said Austin Eckler's ankle quote unquote looked fine, but he is on a short week against uh, the Chiefs Thursday night football and with the Dolphins. Again, Lindsey Gaskin, Salvin Aukman, all on the COVID list. And then with Detroit, we also got Jamal Williams on the COVID list and DeAndre Swift potentially coming back from that shoulder injury. But, you know, if I had to put money on it, I would probably say he's played his last snap of 2021. Just kind of makes sense. Uh, Dwayne, real quick, though, with the Chargers situation, I know we touched on it yesterday Today. It's Thursday night and people always tend to put more, you know, weight, I think, behind some of these Thursday night games. We end up getting these disgusting waiver wire ads like push to the forefront because it's Thursday and you have to make your decision, uh, you know, before the Saturday, this week's Saturday and usually Sunday games come along. If we had to pick a running back in Eckler's absence, it'd probably be Justin Jackson. But at the same time probably can't squeeze in the top 30 because we would expect kelly and roundtree to also have some level of involvement
1: i agree um i I do think that justin jackson is the best passing down option of all those guys uh, might be the least effective between the tackles, like well, especially as far as trying to stay healthy. Like Justin Jackson's always struggled with that. But um, because he would have the the wider range of possibilities because we've seen him handle the passing down work, which is the hardest thing to really take over to get the coach's trust on, yeah, I would put him at the top of the list. But to your point, I would expect all three backs to be, in, get, to be involved. And if I could avoid starting, um, I, I don't think any of them are a must start by any means. No. See, honey agrees.
0: definitely not all right wide receivers real quick it's a decent group this week now no one that is going to be a top 24 option by any stretch but i think some guys that if you do need a flex or even a wide receiver three can give you that we got russell gage who i believe is if he's out there continues to be the number one option since coming back from injury he has five top 36 weeks in eight games we also have gabriel davis probably locking in a starting spot with emmanuel sanders expected to miss at least a week with a knee injury amon ross st brown has back to back games with 10 plus targets. I believe he's been at 12 and 11 actually 10 catches 86 yards and one touchdown and then last week eight catches for 73 yards. You know, there is a floor here. He hadn't cleared 70 yards or scored before these past two games, but hey, it would make sense that a rookie coming up more as the season progresses and uh, Goff clearly is more comfortable thrown to him than the other guys at this point also got Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, the basically number one outside receiver in Cleveland. I would note that he got to take advantage of a pretty banged up Ravens secondary i don't think the raiders are going to be quite as easy as a matchup and it's just always tough to tell what's going to go on in this cleveland passing game five count him five passing touchdowns to wide receivers all year long it's just not much of a ceiling there also got kj osborne as long as stealing remains out he'll continue to be you know a low end wide receiver three has 16 targets over the last two weeks and keep an eye on robbie anderson dj moore is considered day-to-day with a hamstring injury so robbie if we can take a dj out of the mix would be the de facto number one in carolina Dwayne, I got an order down here, but I'm not really... um, I don't think we have the usual tier drop-offs that we kind of have in these other lists. I could honestly see all six of these guys being ranked within... 10 to 12 spots of each other, depending on how things uh, shake out. I think I would most want to prioritize getting Russell Gage and Gabriel Davis above the rest of the group. But again, they aren't bad options uh, by any stretch, all the way down to Robbie. Out of this group, which two or three guys would you say people should be most interested in trying to fill in that flex spot? Yeah, I like Davis because we've got the
1: pass-heavy offense and you've got a good quarterback yep. <laughs> with Allen. And, you know, yep. you've got a young player potentially trying to emerge. We know that it's going to be – he's hes not going to be the 1A. Eh? We know that's Stefan Diggs. And otherwise, it's pretty evenly spread. But we've gotten some good games, you know, out of Dawson Knox, out of Cole Beasley. So Davis is the guy that probably carries the biggest ceiling out of all these as well, again, because of the pass-heavy offense and the situation that he's in. The rest of them are just on ter- – well, Peoples-Jones isn't on an overall terrible team, but in a terrible passing attack, you know, Osborne, you know, is really going to be the second or third option on his team. But Anderson and St. Brown it's just a matter of playing in, you know, really bad teams. Um, so, yeah, I would put Gage at the top. I think Davis is next. The other name that we could throw in here, I think, is available 70 to 80 percent of the time. And you'll have to watch the injury reports, but it would be Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Again, another bad offense, but I would probably put him in ahead of St. Brown, People's Jones, Robbie, just because we did see the flash of electricity early in the season. And you're just kind of hoping you capture that lightning in a bottle again, because we talked about it on the pod with the recap, like Galladay doesn't, you know, yeah, he you know, he was trying to come through and part of it, you know, was Glenn and part of it was him, but he just doesn't look as good, right? He doesn't look as good as he has in the past. And it's been an area where he's struggling. So I think I would put Tony, um, you know, probably for me right after Davis, you might argue he goes below Osborne, but I, I think he should be in the mix. And if you're just looking for pure upside stash, like say you're, you feel pretty loaded, but you've got a spot
0: to fill. I would put Tony at the top of the list. I, in terms of like upside for the rest of the year I, I do think tony would deserve that now it's this is more week to week than ever in the playoffs we need to win yeah. who gives us you know who cares about uh week 17 when we gotta win week 15 but no it's a great point i have seen him available too in uh, some uh, you know smaller size leagues and i was pretty surprised to get that again at wide receiver russell gage number one pickup of the week followed by gabriel davis then kj osborne then Kadarius tony finally amon ross st brown Dobbin, people's jones and rob Anderson more so just leaning to the better offenses of this group really all of them are quality enough pickups just have a lower floor when your quarterback is one of Jared Goff uh Baker Mayfield or Cam Newton slash PJ Walker but hey Dwayne maybe Sam Darnold will be back soon like that's gonna you know really lift the uh spirits of everyone involved oh my god I haven't even read that is, is that a possibility now yeah Matt Rule is saying could still rotate and hey Sam Darnold could be back before too long so. awesome. awesome I saw the rotation thing but wow Darnold too yeah. All right. My goodness. All right. Tight end. Need to monitor some injuries still, per usual. But with Austin Hooper, if David Njoku and Harrison Bryant remain sidelined, he, I think, will continue to be the top waiver ad of the week. Behind him, Tyler Conklin also depends on Adam Thielen staying sidelined. But he has just as good of a chance of working as the Vikings number two option, as uh, KJ Osborne does. Then Gerald Everett. Even then, though, Dwayne, we talked about it last night. He did start to see a little bit of a decrease in his usage. Not someone I'm feeling too good about out behind him i'm seeing brevin jordan james o'shaughnessy no just just no i'm not going to explain myself no so Dwayne, i think if you need a streamer (laughs) tight end this week it's austin hooper tyler conklin really try to get one of those two and if not i think gerald everett if you're desperate which you really i'd hope you're not that desperate at this point in in the year but (laughs) maybe you are but that's really my big three that's very
1: very desperate that's that's yeah way up there on the desperate meter um (laughs) Yeah. I, and it's another one just like the backs, you know, where it's like you're going to have to mon- people are going to have to monitor this news. So I don't know how much we'll really know tomorrow. Most people's waivers run on Tuesday night. So um, we'll see how much more clarity we get here. But it could be, you know, depending on what we hear about David Njoku, like if we hear he's going to be back and he's going to be out of COVID protocol, then Austin Hooper moves down. Right, and then Gerald Everett and Tyler Conklin will move up. But I would say it is between Hooper and Conklin. You're just looking for the be- the latest best news. And when I say best news, you're looking for someone else on their team to be out, like whether it's Thielen, you know, with Conklin, or whether it's Njoku and Bryant, you know, with Hooper. But whichever one, it looks like they have the clearest path to not dealing. You know, with the other guys returning, that's the player I I would prioritize, like at that moment when I was putting my waiver in. Otherwise, like it's just a coin flip between the two. And if for some reason both of those situations look like they're going to, like Thielen's, and we probably won't know by the time we have to handle our waivers, but if it sounds like Thielen's going to be back and it sounds like also there could be Njoku back, I would just prioritize, uh, I would put Conklin above Hooper because we know eventually Hooper's back in that three. Three-way rotation. And then I would put Gerald Everett
0: second in that, in that scenario. It's a good point. Yeah. Even if Thielen comes back, we're still playing Conklin over Everett. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great point, Mr. McFarlane. All right, just to summarize everything we just went over, everyone at quarterback, number one ad at Justin Fields, followed by Taysom Hill, then Jimmy Garoppolo, drop off to Tyler Huntley, if Lamar Jackson is sidelined Tua, then Big Ben at running back. Number one ad is Rashad Penny, followed by Michael Carter, if available, then Dearness Johnson, then Jordan Howard. After that, you know, monitor the Miami, Los Angeles, and even the Houston running back rooms, but just realize those are muddle committees that were not expected. Much out of wide receiver number one, Russell Gage, number two, Gabriel Davis, number three, KJ Osborne, followed by Kadarius Toney. Bit of a drop off to some guys that might get the targets, but we're just so worried about the passing game that there's a low floor involved. Those guys being Amon Ross St. Brown, Dobbin Peoples Jones, and Robbie Anderson. Finally, at tight end, Austin Hooper, if Dave Njoku and Harrison Bryant remain out of the picture, followed by Tyler Conklin. You know, especially if Dylan is out of the picture, but even if Dylan does come back, we're going with Conklin over our number three ad, who is Gerald Everett. Dwayne, anything else you want to get off your chest? No, nah, just go Cooper Cup, go Sonny Michelle, go James <laughs> Conner. <laughs> go That's get them. <laughs> hope, uh, hope everyone enjoyed the season. You know, we're here to still get you through the fantasy playoffs. I hope you all got there. If you didn't, you know, don't yell at us too much. You know, we're just trying to do our job. I don't want to be hated, Dwayne. I don't want to be hated by these people. Hey, mostly but, we've
1: gotten pretty good feedback. I've had a yeah, few people, it's all good. but you know, for the most part, I think people like the fact that like we actually go into our reasons why, you know, it's not, it's not like we can be right all the time, but at least if we can share the logic behind our thought process. That helps people decide, do I agree with that or not? Right. And then you make your own decisions with that information. So I, I appreciate, you know, the audience. Everybody's been pretty kind to me. Don't be don't be mean to Ian, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the one thing I can say about our pause, I think we turn over more stones than anyone else out there. It's not you know, it is hard. It's hard to be right in all this stuff. But I do see, uh, you know, just one industry practice to say, oh, here's my top 10 picks every single week. And you, know, you only really have to pick out 10 guys. Uh, Dwayne, you know, we were joking about not having these bye weeks and, you know, going through all 32 teams, the number of articles. Um, it is quite a bit of work, but you know, we're doing it for you people out there. So truly thank you again for listening. And I hope the season has turned out well for Dwayne. I'm Ian. Thank you again. Until next time, take care. everybody.